Welcome to the Joyful Educational Leadership Podcast, a podcast for school and district leaders who want to wake up and be excited to go to work, ensure that teachers are happy, students are joyful, and parents are engaged and make a positive difference in the lives of those they serve. Your host, Dr. Donna Marie Kozine, will share tips, tricks, and proven strategies to increase joy in your staff, students, and yourself. Welcome to the Joyful Educational Leadership Podcast. I'm Dr. Donna Marie Kozine, your very joyful host, and I welcome you to episode one, Joy is Essential. I am so excited to have you here with me on this podcast. I know that as an educational leader, you are extremely busy, and I feel honored that you would use your time today to engage with me. I want to talk with you a little bit about what the purpose of this podcast is. The purpose of this podcast is to provide you with tips, tricks, techniques, and inspiration to ensure that you are a joyful leader. Because after all, as the leader, we set the we set the pace for our schools and we set the culture. Why joy? Well, why is joy essential? If you think back to some of the most wonderful experiences in your life or the most meaningful experiences in your life, you'll realize that those experiences all had some sort of joy. Whether it was the first time you rode a bike or the first time you walked across the stage to get your diploma or the first time you met your significant other, those feelings of joy are what made those days so meaningful and so important. On the flip side, if you think about times in your life that were negative, think about how impactful those memories are as well. So I would rather that as educational leaders, we infuse joy in everything we do so the memories that we have and our stakeholders have are memories infused with joy and memories that made them feel like the work that we did was important. Joy is experienced in so many different ways. We experience joy through work. We experience joy through life. We experience joy through relationships, but also through all of our senses. We could smell something and that could bring in a feeling of joy. We could see something that would bring in a feeling of joy, hear a song and we just want to get moving or um, read something, a poem or a love note. And the feeling of joy just fills up our body, our heart, and our soul. Joy is our lifeblood. And it came to me a few years ago when I decided to start a very, very special school. 14 years ago, nearly 15 years ago, I left my job as an elementary principal in suburban New Jersey to marry my husband, which took me on a journey to Rochester, New York. Of course, marrying my husband was one of the best decisions in my life. I would say the number one best decision was marrying him, but it brought me to Rochester, New York, to an amazing community that um, I am honored to serve. I began working in some schools in Rochester for a private company called the College Board. Yes, the SAT company. We had a model school called the College Board School, and we had 18 schools through New York State, in one in Yonkers, New York City, Buffalo, and Rochester. And our model was to have a 7 through 12 school, 
in which at the end of those six years, students would be prepared for college careers in life. They would all have a post high school plan. And through my work in those schools, I saw that there were there was a large discrepancy in the reading levels of students who were coming into the city of Rochester's seventh grade schools. And I saw this, this discrepancy as a really huge problem because seventh graders were coming in with a third grade reading level. Now, if you're an education leader, you know that there is information on the third grade reading level for um, so many things. If a child is not reading at level by third grade, uh, research indicates that they are less likely to graduate high school, they are more likely to end, in, end up incarcerated. So that third grade reading level was a, a really big concern for me. Simultaneously working there, I had two beautiful children, Juliet and Theo. And in 2012, the district decided to end the partnership with the college board. And I knew I was gonna be moving on to something else. And I had these two small children, they were three and 10 months old. And I thought, well, I could go back into public district school education or maybe do something different. And I was at a colleague's summer program and I watched these students on stage and they were doing a drumming circle. And these students were students who were all below level, were all struggling learners, were not at grade level. They were third and fourth graders. They were not reading at grade level. Yet in this drumming circle, there was so much joy and, and so much concentration. And, and I thought to myself, this, this is what education needs to be. As I look for education for my own child, as she's getting ready to go into kindergarten within the next year and a half, this is what I want my child to experience. You see, simultaneously, again, um, the Common Core was being rolled out, and districts were pulling the arts out of classrooms and schools to increase time for ELA and math. And for me, that was so counterintuitive, because there was so much evidence that um, focusing on the arts is what will help grow competencies in ELA, math, science, social studies, uh, social emotional learning. And here they are pulling them out of schools. But also as an educator and a lifelong learner myself, I also realized those are the things that kids go to school for. You know, if you ask a student what their favorite class is or their fam favorite part of the day, you're usually gonna hear these three and maybe not in this order. Lunch, recess, phys ed, and arts. They don't necessarily talk about math or ELA. So we know that those classes that engage the students' um, creativity and, and engage them physically and give them opportunities to chat with their friends and, and build teamwork, those are the things that really enjoy, that, that make children really enjoy school. As I'm sitting here recording this podcast today, I'm thinking about my office in school. I have two beautiful windows that open out to um, the front of the building. And because we're in the middle of COVID, we have been very creative about where students can play and we block off part of the parking lot. And every day I see these children just experience such joy outside with their friends, running around, kicking a ball, having fun. Um, teachers are taking kids outside to learn on our beautiful campus. 
And when children are joyful and children are happy, children are learning. If you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, of course, um, we think about that and really feeling a, a sense of belonging and a sense of safety. And from that sense of safety comes joy is really when children will be optimal learners. So I decided that day that I wanted to start a charter school for the arts here in Rochester, New York, because I realized that if we get children early, the city of Rochester, the evidence was the vast majority of children were not leaving their elementary schools as sixth graders on grade level. I thought if we got them early and we were able to get them through our K-6 system so that they're at or above grade level, boy, we would really be impacting their trajectory but also doing it in a way that engaged children through joy. I am so honored and uh, it is, has been my privilege to run this school. Well, first to create it and then to lead this school. Um, we opened our doors uh, August of 2014. And I started thinking about the school in 2012 and planning it. So it has been nine amazing years of my life. But now I'm transitioning to help other schools and other leaders experience the joy that we've created here at Renaissance Academy Charter School of the Arts. It's just a totally different vibe when you come into this school. You can just feel the joy when you walk into the building. You can see the joy on the children's faces. You can see the joy in the teachers. Yes, even in a pandemic, we were able to experience great joy. Does that mean every day is perfect? Well, certainly not because life is not perfect every day, but we have developed systems and put things in place to ensure that our systems are rooted in a sense of joy. When I started focusing on joy, things changed for me. You know, when I started this school, it was me, 194 students and 32 staff members. So as you can imagine, I was a little frazzled. Um, I had a co-founder who quit about four weeks before students entered the building. Uh, we didn't even have a school. I started with staff in a different location at another school and was just promising them we had a building to open. And I didn't actually have confirmed a confirmed building until two days into working with the staff. So the story of how the school started is quite an interesting one that I'll perhaps save for an, another episode. But when I started focusing on joy, things really changed for me. Instead of looking at things from a, a point of why we can't do things or why things have to be a certain way. When I started saying, how can we do this in a way that, that engages all of our stakeholders in a positive way? How can we do this in a way that really makes school fun, really makes school something that children want to engage with? My daughter is graduating this year as a sixth grader. She started as a four-year-old kindergartner. Um, I remember the day vividly. Uh, we had a little bit of a situation at the end of the school day, and um, I was trying to get her to go home with my mother, and instead she was attached at my hip as a four-year-old, didn't want to leave without her mommy. Um, and as she's getting ready to graduate, she created something for graduation. All the students created a slideshow. And she wrote that her favorite memory was in kindergarten when we had like a back to school curriculum night. And I remember it like it was yesterday. She was sitting on the floor 
looking outside of the front door saying, mommy, when are my friends coming? When are my friends coming? And consistently, whenever we have family events, our families come, we have a great time. There's lots of laughing, lots of learning, and just lots of joy. So this past year, I created a book. Um, actually, I wrote two books in the last 18 months, but my second book is called Joyful Teachers, Engaged Parents. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Happy Teachers, Joyful Students, and Engaged Parents. And it's a guide for building a school community that works. And in that book, I outline this school joy method. And the school joy method is, it's not linear, but it's nine steps that you can focus on as a building leader to ensure that you are increasing joy in yourself, in your stakeholders, in your school, even with your board, to make sure that you know we're all doing this work with one common goal, and that is to serve children in a way that brings joy. Now, easier said than done, I know. Um, yesterday, I was meeting with my coaching cohort. I also coach leaders. And um, I was talking to one of the leaders about, she's having some issues with her team. And I said, well, what I want you to do, here's your homework assignment. I want you to have a morning meeting, could be two or three minutes each morning, and just to set the tone for the day. And I said, I know you're exhausted. You know, as I, as I write, as I um, record this podcast, it's late May. Um, and in schools, it's, you know, we're nearing our, our empty tank. And what I said to her is, even if you have to fake it, I need you to have good energy. I need you to, you know, be very positive. And what will happen, I didn't tell her this, what will happen is by putting that out there, she will receive that energy back from people, which will in turn energize her. So although usually in educational leadership, I, I don't encourage fake it till you make it. When it comes to joy, if you're not feeling joyful, put a smile on your face, find something that will bring you joy. For me, it's going out to the playground with students or going into a classroom and being with kids. That always changes my perspective and always provides me the joy that I need. If you want to learn more about the School Joy Method, you can actually download a free copy of my book at www joyfulteachers.com, www.joyfulteachers.com. You can get a free copy of my book. And uh, it's not just a book. My books are also journeys. It will take you and your team from where you want to be. Uh, I'm sorry, from where you are to where you want to be. There's lots of reflective journaling in there. You could certainly use it with um, your school culture team. And again, it's not linear. There are many different steps in there, um, some that you can ta tackle right now, some you might want to tackle um, in the four, you know, in the new, the forefront of the school year. Um, but it is definitely a great book and a great way for you to switch the culture of your school from meh to joy. So for this week, uh, until we meet again next week, I want you to set a goal. And I want you to think about how you can be a more joyful leader, especially during times when you might not feel joyful. Come up with two techniques to help you reset yourself, shift your parad paradigm to a place where you can focus on the joy. Until next time, till episode two, which is how to increase work joy, I wish you an amazing, joyful, 
day, week, month, uh, time until I speak with you in our next podcast. And again, I'm Dr. Donna Marie Cozine, and it is my honor to lead this podcast and to serve each and every one of you. Catch you in episode two. This has been another edition of the Joyful Educational Leadership Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes and share it with friends and colleagues. If you'd like to join our mailing list, please go to www.joyfuleducationalleadership.com where you can learn more about how you can become the joyful leader you were meant to be. 